Have you ever wondered how much tax would you owe if you sold your home? Hi, this is Alex Lynch, and I help freelancers earning six figures or more optimize their finances all in the amount of time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee. For additional resources on this subject and others important to freelancers, please check out our website, freelancefinancefix.com. As a freelancer, you are likely someone who values their independence. You may have outgrown your home, whether it's because you want to adapt a nomadic lifestyle, globe trotting around the world or potentially you don't want to own a home anymore because of all the hassles involved, or maybe just because that home has been outgrown by your personal and family needs having changed. Or you may just be curious what the federal taxes would look like if you sold your home. This is a question I get all the time. In this episode, I'm going to go through the five most important things to know about selling your home. And with the large dollar amounts involved with the sale of a home, Dear old Uncle Sam certainly pays attention, so your T's need to be crossed and your I's need to be dotted. The first thing you need to know about determining how much tax you'll owe on the sale of your home is first answering the question, how long have you owned it for? This plays into several different factors on the home sale. The first being whether you will pay tax at the preferable capital gains tax rate or the less favorable ordinary income tax rate. Now remember, Capital gains are taxes that are generally incurred when you sell and realize a gain on an asset, and that tax rate is preferable to paying tax at the ordinary income tax rate. So if you have owned the home for more than one year, you will fall into what is called the capital gains tax rate. The second thing you need to know about selling your home is what is called your home's cost basis. This is generally the amount you paid for the property plus the cost of substantial capital improvements and then an often overlooked subtraction of any tax credits you may have received over time. Things like energy subsidies could potentially fall into this category. If you have received any tax subsidies or credits over time, you probably want to talk to a tax professional to help determine your cost basis. Oversimplifying the cost basis is simply the price you would sell your home at minus the price you originally paid for it. And by knowing your home's cost basis, we can start to calculate how much tax you will owe on the sale of it. If, for example, you paid some $500,000 for the house five years ago and now it's worth a million dollars, you would owe tax on that whole $500,000 increase in value. And again, it would only be taxed at the capital gains tax rate because you've owned it for more than one year. What I see a lot of individuals doing before selling their home is to start totaling up every receipt and improvement they've ever done on the property while living there and spending a whole lot of time doing this. In many cases on your primary residence, this is not necessary to do, and you could be wasting a whole bunch of time doing it. 
unless the gain is more than $500,000 if you're married or $250,000 if you're single. This brings us to our third thing to know about the taxes involved in selling your home. This is section 121 of the tax code and what is called the exclusion of gain from the sale of a principal residence. This is an important thing to know if you're going to sell your primary residence. What section 121 says is that if you have lived in the home for two years or more out of the most recent five-year period, you don't have to pay capital gains tax on the first $250,000 in gains if you're single or the first $500,000 gains if you are married. This is huge and could save you $100,000 on your tax bill. This is also, in my view, one of the most favorable tax rules in the entire tax code, specifically meant for homeowners. To go back to our prior example of if you paid $500,000 for a home and are selling it for a million dollars, potentially that $500,000 in gains is entirely tax-free gain to you. And what's even better than that is that two-year period doesn't have to have been continuous. You could have lived there for one year, rented it out for two, moved back in, and still qualify for this exclusion. This is misunderstood all the time. So it is very important to know and be able to document when the home was your primary residence. And to get even more specific on something I don't see referenced a lot is that it doesn't have to actually be two years of you living there. Not many people seem to know that there's a partial exclusion available out there for you. And that two-year period is actually broken out into number of months. So if you lived there for 23 months of the most recent five-year period, you would still qualify for almost the entire exclusion. I reviewed a few blog posts and articles on the internet before making this podcast and noticed that many of them were not even talking that you can get a partial exclusion on the sale of your home. And with the amount of dollars at stake in the sale of your home and all the complexities on your tax return, you really got to know the details here. And I encourage you, if you are going to sell your home, to run it by a tax professional. So now that you know about the primary residence capital gains exclusion, again, that is how the first $500,000 in gains on your home will likely not be taxed. Let me circle around to a prior point I made on this podcast. If you're married and the gain in your home is less than $500,000, it doesn't make much difference if you go back and total up and increase your basis, as you still won't be paying any tax on the gain. So before you spend that time, double check what your gain could look like and compare it to the capital gains exclusion. On to the fourth thing to know about selling your home. This is if your home wasn't considered your primary residence for the last two or five year period, you want to look into what is called a 1031 exchange. This gets really complicated and I can't dive into all the details here on this podcast, but for those who were away from the property for a period of time, and rent it out or look at it as an investment property, a 1031 exchange could be huge for you and something you need to look into. The fifth thing you need to know about the taxes involved in a sale of your home is that if you have owned your home for a while, you need to go and pull up your home's title. You might be surprised to see how many times the title is recorded incorrectly, whether it was from the bank recording it incorrectly after you paid off your mortgage or with something happening at the county tax assessor's office and something being recorded incorrectly. Also, in looking up your home's title, 
you might find out that you purchased the home a while ago and then got married and never actually added your spouse to the title. And by not having added your spouse to the title, it could totally make you miss out on that extra $250,000 in capital gains exclusion. And $250,000 in gains times 20% capital gains, that's potentially missing out on $50,000 in tax-free income. That's not something you want to miss. Also, if you're reviewing the title for a family member or friend, I've seen a lot of well-intentioned families add their kids onto their title. This sounds like a really nice thing and helpful in theory. However, this could create a lot of problems down the line. And if you have or your family has inadvertently added your kids to the title of the home, you need to check with a real estate lawyer or tax professional and review the implications of this. The fix is in. Now you know how taxes work on the sale of your home. You know about the section 121 exclusion of gains from the primary sale of a residence works and some special considerations to check on about your home. And here are some action items for you to do after listening to this podcast. If you're a homeowner who hasn't done the greatest job of tracking their basis and improvements on their home, I suggest spending a little time this weekend creating a nice log for yourself of all the great work you've done on your home so that if you do sell your home in the future, you're not in a mad dash scramble to do this at that time. Secondly, I strongly encourage you to pull up your home's title on the relevant state or county website and make sure the title is reflecting what you want it to reflect. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Freelance Finance Fix. Please check out the related blog post to this episode. It has some additional information on how the taxes work when you sell your home. That is again on our website, FreelanceFinanceFix.com. And thanks again for joining me on another episode of the Freelance Finance Fix. Before you go, one thing you should know, this isn't legal tax or investment advice, it's just a show. Cause tax laws are tricky And investments complex Get professional advice Do more research So you'll never lose We are the freelancers, my friends And we'll work from home To the end Seriously, this isn't tax, legal, or investing advice.